Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Welcome this Monday morning. The beginning of a work week, if that is what it looks like for you. A difficult week as has been several weeks of late and months of late. But we're plowing through this together this Monday morning, July 27, or whenever your schedule permits you to join in with this family. Welcome, welcome family. And that's that's really what this is. It's family. It is a way to get together with people of like precious faith. It's family for those of us who gather, and we gather during the good times, and there have been precious few of those lately. We gather in times that's not so good, but we find the goodness in the midst of it all. So thank you for sharing in your life and sharing in this moment and gathering together. And this week, I'm beginning to announce that we are coming up to a annual season of prayer and fasting. 21 days, 21 days, we'll be doing this morning devotion straight. Actually, it be more than that. But the character of this devotion in these 21 days that are upcoming will change back to its original design. For one year ago, next week, it's hard to believe, but We began this devotion, never knowing that it would last beyond 21 days, never comprehending that it would become a place of connection during a difficult season. But God knew. Amen? God knew. And that's what's a message to us all. So June and Mary and Yolanda and Sherry, thank you for being a part of this. That is the message. God knew and God foresaw it. So this coming Sunday, August the 2nd, we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting. and We lift our eyes to the God who is more than enough. This week, we're going to face some difficulties. We have news, disturbing news, friends, loved ones, all affected. A lot of struggles. But this morning devotion family is here for you. Just leave your prayer requests out to the side. Leave reports. Give us some victory reports. Encourage somebody. Just share a heart, some digital form of embrace, and let people know you care. Because we need one another during this season. Amen? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So if you would, share the page, like the page, follow the page. You know the drill. We once sang this song, God Can Do. Anything, anything, anything God can do, anything but fail. You remember that? Yes, he can save, he can heal, and I know that he will. God can do anything but fail. The idea that we have a God who can do anything, it's so very important to us. And that belief carries over to us because Philippians 4 says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Oh, yes, we can. God can't fail. He can't, he can't fail. He can do anything but fail. And it's the one thing you and I cannot afford to do is we can't fall short. We can't come up short. We cannot fail. 
That's the one thing I cannot do. I cannot fail, not because it's uh, outside of my realm of possibilities, but because it's too important. I simply cannot fail during this day and during this age and during this testing that we're going through. Amen. This book of he- the book of Hebrews is a series of exhortation to believers, and it includes five warnings. And the warnings are sprinkled throughout the book. The first is found in Hebrews, the second chapter, and it warns us about neglecting so great a salvation. And the second warning is found in Hebrews chapters 3 and 4, and it warns us not to harden our heart as those children of Israel did in the wilderness. And the third warning is found in chapters 5 and 6, and it speaks of a complacency that leads to apostasy. The fourth warning is found in Hebrews 10, and it tells us to not willfully sin and not draw back, retreat from the grace of God, and to retreat from the power of the Spirit. We read it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And finally, in the fifth warning, in Hebrews 12, we can't refuse to listen to God when he is speaking. For our God, yes, he is a consuming fire. And those are the five warning passages. Uh, Lift them out of the book of Hebrews, and you could continue to read the the book of Hebrews, it's as if the Holy Spirit, and it's not as if, it's the Holy Spirit overlaid these warnings, each telling us that there's one thing you and I cannot do. Paul spoke of the one thing he did, forgetting those things behind. But here's one thing we cannot do. We cannot fail the Lord. Amen. Nobody wants to be viewed as a failure. No one wants to be written off as a has been. Paul said, I fear lest having preached to others that I myself would become a castaway. Nobody wants to be a castaway. Nobody wants to be a what might have been and what could have been and what should have been. Someone who once mattered, but no longer. Someone who once made a difference, but they no longer do. We were warned. We were warned again and again in the Bible about what Israel did. It was in the 95th Psalm. God said, you know, for 40 years, For 40 years, I put up with my people. How many of you thank God that he is gracious and long-suffering? Amen. He said, for 40 years, I put up with them and said, they shall not enter into my rest. Why? Because the 95th Psalm says, because again and again and again, we read they hardened their hearts. When they realized they needed water at Massa or Meribah, they moaned and complained, even though God had already spoken that he was going to take care of them. Even though God had already promised them provision, they moaned and they complained. They grew weary of manna and they murmured against God. And you know the story. God gave them quail and and, uh, God grew angry with them uh, at a place called Kibroth Hateava, the graves of lust. God grew angry with the people because of their hard hearts. Uh, But oh, what happened at Kadesh? Kadesh is a, is a lesson to me and to you. Uh, what happened to the children of Israel at Kadesh? They were on the precipice of the promised land. Do you know any of these 10 men? Shemua, son of Zakur, tribe of Reuben. Shaphat, son of Hori, tribe of Simeon. Egal, son of Joseph, tribe of Issachar. Pali, son of Raphu, from the tribe of Benjamin. Any of these names ring a bell? What about Gaddi, son of Sodi, from the tribe of Zebulun? Or uh, Gaddi, son of Susi? 
from the tribe of Manasseh. Any of these names uh, resonating you? What, what about Amiel, son of Gamali, from the tribe of Dan, and Sether, son of Michael, from the tribe of Asher, or Nabu, son of Vashi, from the tribe of Naphtali, Guel, son of Maki, from the tribe of Gad. Do you get any of those? Any of those names resonating with you? No, you don't get those names. You've never given them any thought. Why? Because these are the 10 that turned back. These are the 10 that failed God. They were the 10 that gave a negative report in the promised land, saying we're just like grasshoppers. We can't face the day in which we were called. We can't face the day. You only know two of the 12. You know Joshua from Ephraim and Caleb from Judah, but you don't know the 10 who turned back. They were the 10 Hebrew spies. You know the word Hebrew for spy can also mean traitor or deserter. Ten men who betrayed God's investment in them. Ten who turned back. Ten who deserted. Ten who said, we can't do this. Ten who said, there's no way our God is able. We cannot overcome. We cannot do this by ourselves. Oh, I believe that I'm talking to people that are made of the right stuff and of stronger stuff. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The one thing you and I cannot do We cannot fail the Lord. The crisis that we're going through right now, we can't fail God. The difficult times in which you're living, you can't fail God. No matter what sickness comes to you, no matter what setback and what strife and what hurt and what heartache and loneliness and question and frustration that you may be experiencing. You cannot fail the Lord. It was Gene Cranch, you remember, who said of the Apollo 13, that, that, that pivotal statement that he made, failure is not an option. We cannot fail God, oh, praise God. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's reason with our pure minds. Let's stir up something on the inside of us. Do you remember what Malachi 3.16 said? Then the people who feared the Lord spoke to one another and the Lord listened and heard what they said. Hey, we who fear God, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk to one another. God is listening to what we're saying here in the morning devotion. Let's encourage one another. He's marking what we said. God, there's one thing we cannot do. We cannot fail you during this time. Give us the strength that we need. Give us the courage that we need. Sustain us in this hour because we cannot. That's one thing we cannot do. We cannot fail the Lord. You remember that song? I cannot fail the Lord. I cannot fail the Lord. He has never failed me yet. Every problem he had, every promise he has kept, and I cannot, I cannot, I cannot fail the Lord. We cannot be like those at Kadesh who turned back, who resigned themselves to live the rest of their lives in the wilderness. You you know, until the last one died, they could not go into the promised land. I don't want to be surrounded by what the couldas and the shouldas and the wouldas. I don't want to live in the land of regrets when I was called to the promised land. 
I want to take off. Uh, I want to take off my blinders of worry and doubt and fear and anxiety and say I am marching by God's help uh, into the promised land. Oh, can I get a witness to that? Praise God. God, Uh, we may be living in a COVID-19 world, folks, uh, but it's still no excuse to give up. It's still no excuse to turn aside. We cannot uh, fail the Lord. That's the one thing we cannot do. You probably heard of the setbacks of the the president named Abraham Lincoln when he was seven years old. You've heard this. His family was forced out of their home on a legal technicality. And as a child, he had to work to help support his family. At the age of nine, his mother died. At the age of 22, he's, he lost his job as a store clerk. He wanted to go to law school, but His education wasn't good enough. The age of 23 went to debt to become a partner in a small store. At age 26, his business partner died, leaving him the debt that it took years to repay. At age 28, after courting a girl for four years, he asked her to marry him, and she said no. Well, I'm ministering to somebody right now. At age 37, on his third try, he was elected to Congress. But two years later, he failed to get reelected. At 41, his four-year-old son died. At 45, he ran for Senate, lost. 47, he failed as the vice presidential candidate. At 49, he ran for Senate again and lost. 51, age 51, he was elected president of the United States. And he's considered the greatest leader this country ever had. How? How did he have such perseverance to not fall out by the wayside? Here's a clue. It was on February 11, 1861, that Lincoln was leaving Springfield, Illinois, bound for D.C. He didn't know that was the last time he'd ever see his hometown. A crowd had come to see him off at the railway station. Ahead of him, he knew was war. Ahead of him was death, carnage, cessation, civil war, secession, civil war. Ahead of him was assassination and lasting fame. But this little group of people, well-wishers, came to bid him Godspeed. And the reason for his perseverance can be found in some impromptu remarks he made at that train station. He said, my friends, no one not in my situation can appreciate my feeling of sadness at this parting to this place, the kindness of you people. I owe everything. Here I've lived a quarter of a century. I've passed from being a young man to an old man. Here my children have been born. Here one of my children is buried. I now leave not knowing when or whether ever I may return with a task before me greater than that which rested upon George Washington. And here we go. He said, without the assistance of the divine being, whoever attends me, I cannot succeed. With that assistance, though, I cannot fail. With God's assistance, I cannot fail. Without him, I cannot succeed. But with him, oh, you hear me, with him, I 
cannot fail. That's pretty much how the writer of Hebrews ends the five warning passages. Uh, In verse 28 of chapter 12, he says, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, uh, let us have grace uh, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Let us choose grace. Grace to serve God acceptably. Grace to see this situation through. Grace to make it through this age and through this day in which we live. Oh, praise God. I pray grace upon this group right now. I pray a Abiding grace upon this group, uh, grace to succeed, uh, grace to persevere, grace to not fail, grace to not fall out by the wayside, grace to finish this race uh, that has been set before us. Uh, Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I read about a marathon. I read about a marathon that was run in Pittsburgh last year, uh, back when they ran marathons, back when people got together. It was a story of two women. They didn't, they didn't win the race by our ordinary definition of success. Uh, they just ran the race. Oh, goodness. Can I tell you, God hasn't called you to win this race. He hasn't called you to be the first across the finish line. He's just called you to run this race. Uh, He called you to finish this race. Be thou faithful unto that. You just got to finish this thing. Oh, I got sidetracked. I got to get back to my story. So there's this marathon in Pittsburgh and it's just story of two women, and it's a story of a great crowd of witnesses. The two women's name was Laura. They were Laura and Jessica. Laura was running her 12th marathon, Jessica running her first marathon, 26.2 miles. It was at the 14-mile marker. These two women met up, and both were concerned. They were in last place, and they felt defeated, and they felt overwhelmed, But Laura told Jessica, she said, if you'll stay with me, I'll stay with you. (laughs) I like that. And together they trudged toward the finish line. There were only a few remaining spectators that would cheer them along the way. But somehow word spread. And at mile marker 25, they came around a bend and were surprised to see a crowd. A crowd that erupted in cheers when these two straggling women came into view. And it was on the strength of those cheers they ran into the last mile and they ran it together. And as they came to the finish line, they joined hands and crossed together. And they finished this thing together. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Morning Devotion Group, I'm telling you, those of you that are listening to me, there's a crowd cheering you on. We are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. I'm telling you, we can't fail God. That's just the one thing we can't do. Uh, but we're not going to make it by ourselves. We gather each morning. Uh, we gather each morning to say, I need you. You need me. Together, let's join hands. Let's cross 
this finish line together. In a coronavirus world, in a world suffering with pandemic and violence and hatred and strife and misery and frustration and fear and anxiety, uh, can you and I just purpose? Uh, we're going to make it together. I'll stick with you if you'll stick with me uh, and let's cross this finish line uh, together. Oh, can I get a witness to that? In the mighty name of Jesus, uh, I, I want you to do something. I just want you to give some thumbs up to somebody watching today. Sh give a shout out uh, to someone whose name you've seen scroll by. Uh, would you encourage one another? Say, I'm with you. Be with me. Let's get through this thing uh, together. And I wish you would just share this with the multiplicity of people. Encourage Encourage one another. Let, we may be like a herd of turtles, folks. We may not be as swift as a gazelle, but let's let this mighty herd of turtles called morning devotion, let's finish this thing. Let's do it right. Let's finish. Let's cross this finish line together. I give praise to God. I give praise to him who has raised us up in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The one thing I cannot do and the one thing you cannot do, we cannot fail in this pivotal season. Praise God. Like the page, follow the page, share the page. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.